Hello and welcome to Care Insights with the Outstanding Society, a podcast created to share and celebrate best practice, help others to improve and learn more about the amazing career opportunities within social care. Zoe's guests are James Rycroft and Adam Hutchison, who illustrate how positive leadership can make a big difference to a team. Welcome, Adam and James, um, to this episode of, of our podcast, um, Positive Leadership in Social Care. James, can I can I start by asking you to introduce yourself and, and telling us a bit about how you've ended up this far down the line within social care, please? Sure. So I'm James Rycroft. I'm the Managing Director of Vida Healthcare. Vida Healthcare design, develop and then operate care homes for people that are living with dementia. And we've been operating for the past 12 years. Uh, we have 300 beds all up in Harrogate. Uh, but we actually started in social care back in 2003. My, I came from a development back, background and an opportunity came up in 2003 uh, which had healthcare written all over it and I started to do some research into that and the market and there was a lot of change in developments going on it was very exciting and we did our research and really ever since then it's grown and grown um, in terms of my passion in particular for dementia care and that's why when we started Vida um, in 2010 we focused solely on looking after people that are living with dementia fantastic thanks James and it's it's also great to have you as a, a director of the Outstanding Society now as well yeah it's great and, to be involved in the Outstanding Society perfect thank you and Adam can I come across to you now can you tell us a bit about yourself and and what you're doing and how you got where you are in social care yes sir. my name is Adam Hutchison I'm the uh, managing director of Belmont Healthcare um very similar in terms of VEDA, in terms of service delivery, we focus predominantly on um, dementia, Parkinson's, um, challenging behaviour in, in vulnerable adults is kind of our core focus area. A uh, very different model though, we, we, we started 2013 um, from a very old seafronted 25 bed care home um, that uh, I was supposed to sell of my father's and then <laughs> bought it off him. Um, and then it kind of built from there. So a lot of our, our business model has been buying failing um, care homes. So we, all of our acquisition, everything that we've done is through acquisition, all through either five inadequates or four or five RIs, um, usually retirement sales, smaller contemporary buildings that we look at that we can redevelop. So we've done a lot of extensions, a lot of reworks, a lot of knocking walls down, and, and that's kind of been our bread and butter um, up until this past sort of 12, 18 months where we've kind of branched out into, you know, going on a journey to do our very first development, similar to what James is doing in terms of VEDA, but we're very you know, wet behind the ears on that because we're not the developers, so that's going to be interesting. And also um, starting to uh, acquire um, larger assets from some of the um, some of the bigger groups that so we're bringing those in over the next sort of 12 months and we also um, started a domiciliary business in uh, which is called Belmont at home so we one of my passions is 
not only dementia care, but also trying to find a continuity of care service. So it means that we are dealing with people all the way through the care journey. So it's not just about focusing on an income of a bed. We're focusing on how can we create a con, uh, you know, a, a clear journey of that individual, not only for the person, but also for staff so that we have people who can work in different environments, whether that be high needs, whether that be respite, whether that be hospital discharge, all the way down to general sort of home support. And, you know, despite being in operating care homes, um, very passionate about making sure people spend as long as they can in their own home and then only coming into those environments when they really need to. So that's kind of my 90%. And then um, involved in the sector, similar to James, um, work with a lot of trade associations, do a lot of awards um, to try and drive um, social care in terms of awareness. And um, I'm a trustee of the Care Workers Charity. So again, main focus in that is trying to just raise awareness for people in, in care and trying to get more people to be interested in working in it. That's my key focus is, is stop. We've got to stop taking each other's staff. So how can we get people that aren't in the sector to join it? That, that's, that's, uh, that's something really important at the moment to me. Fantastic. Thank you. And I, I think you've both achieved so much. And as we know, it's it's been especially um, challenging times um, during COVID. But if, if I could stay with you, Adam, positive leadership is crucial, particularly coming out of COVID. Um, and we're now going into winter pressures. How do you instill that that positive leadership within your whole organisation and within the care associations that you work with as well? Shut the door when I scream. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think it's just one of the main things is ensuring that um i always think that culture is a, is just a key part of what we do with organizations i mean i've always said that we don't a lot of our teams we don't run a care business we run a um we run a people business so if we've got people that are bought into what we're doing and they're excited and they're happy and they're treated well and they want to be there they will deliver positive change and positive care for vulnerable adults so that's really where we always try and focus on what can we do for the teams how can we make their lives easier how can we make it more flexible how can we get them to buy in and communicate that message continually um you know i never really bought into like having values and and, and really instilling those into people but post-covid is kind of i always knew that they were there but i kind of we, we instilled them in a much more ad hoc way but i must admit having those having something that we can hang what we're about on and, and make sure that forms every part of the way that we speak to people, the way that we handle meetings, the way that we engage with um, family members is important. I mean, we've always concentrated on how do we keep it a positive environment and therefore keep down our staff turnover, keep, over, keep down our resident turnover, uh, individual turnover. And that's kind of that positivity is how we've always tried to focus on it and try and be a bit nimble because we had a torrid time in COVID as an organisation because we we were growing quite rapidly during it and, and it impacted us in the fact from not only financially, but we also had quite a few challenging outbreaks, which really caused us some some real pain as an organisation that a lot of us kind of said to ourselves, can we really continue to do this, including myself? And I've said that to a lot of people before, you know, they did say that actually, I don't know whether it's, I can we can all keep doing it. I think collectively, because as a group, we all did, we've kind of continued that positive energy through into what we're doing now. So it's a, it's a culmination of lots of things, but it's, the positivity is already about that the communication and engaging them in what you're trying to achieve. I think are two, one of the most important, two of the most important things that, that we've certainly done. And we've retained pretty much everybody. So I think we must be doing something right. 
And I think that's that's at the heart of everything, isn't it? If you've got a happy team and um, the, then then your residents, the people that you're caring for are going to be happy. Thank, thank you, Adam. And, and move, moving back across to you, James, um, obviously, Adam's mentioned about working with the, the care workers, charity, different organisations. So obviously, positive leadership is is important within Vida Healthcare. How do you get that out to the rest of the sector when there's been so much negativity around? Well, we've spent uh, the past few years trying to be a positive voice. That's why I'm so proud to be involved with the Outstanding Society as well, because, you know, we founded the Outstanding Society all those years ago with the sole principle to be a positive voice. There's too much negativity around social care uh, and the media don't help us so much on that. And I think COVID really put us on a platform. Actually, through all that negativity, we were starting to be seen as on a par in terms of the media and in government with the NHS. And so we should be because social care needs the NHS what hasn't been recognised is that the NHS desperately needs social care and we should work in tandem and on a parallel with each other. So I've spent a lot of the past two years, um, I guess, shouting and screaming about social care and inviting people into our sector and offering career pathways and opportunities. So not only with collaborating and working with the Outstanding Society to do that, but we've also used media and our PR team and our marketing to 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 tell our story uh, and take the positives from that and share it with everyone. Uh, and it's worked. I, you know, we also have very, very low retentions, uh, like you say, Adam. And I think in a sector that has an average at the moment of circa 35 percent of turnover it's totally and utterly unacceptable that um and i think we all need to work on that but it is really just simply as you say uh and, and it's really nice to talk to like-minded people adam because you know we talk about our ethos of care and really the fundamentals of our ethos of care run through the language of our business and likewise we didn't actually home in on our values until really recently. We didn't actually define them because I'd always had it in my mind that it was a bit sort of too corporate. But actually, so our values are uh, based on VIDA, VIDA. We have very important people. We have I, which is in it together. We have D, which is detail, detail, detail. And A stands for always kind. And what we find is that they are becoming part of our everyday language that runs through the VIDA team. And, you know, I'm really quite proud of that because the impact of it is vast, actually. You know, it, it really defines who we are and it really solidifies what our ethos of care is, which is always to be kind and to look after people really well. That's why we get out of bed in the morning, isn't it? So in terms of, I guess, leadership, you know, instilling those values not just in our company, but spreading the word and using as many outlets as we can through social media and our uh, websites. And I've also developed an in-house app, um, which is called Team Talk. And I did that um, just before COVID to communicate with our staff. And it, it, it works 
really like a social media platform and the outstanding society have now started to use it but it's all about communication keeping people up to date with all the news celebrating uh, informing people and we also use that to um in those horrendous days in lockdown when families weren't allowed into our buildings to visit their loved ones, what we did was effectively give them a fly on the wall experience of day to day life in each of the houses that were operating. Now, of course, it doesn't replicate visiting, but what it did was communicate and make people feel involved. And with that, it seemed to bring everyone together. And when everyone's together, you look after people really well. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And I think you, you've both mentioned there about values and, and an organisation can have values, but it's about instilling that in the in the culture. Do you think that is through communication, um, James? Um, how, how do you make that culture, the whole culture, appreciate the values of the company? If I can ask you that first, James, and come back to you, Adam, on that as well. So immediately, I would say leading by example and creating a culture that, uh, you know, is, is simple, actually, and, and, and it is, is based on kindness. I use that word and the industry use that word. I hope it doesn't dilute it. But that's really what we were all about. And so from day one, when you join um, Vida Healthcare, you go through our Vida Academy and that is instilled and not only is it instilled in the academy but is that mentor and nurture staff so so that they can do their job on a day-to-day basis it keeps people motivated and, and it and it instills the everyday ethos of care that we that we expect and what our residents deserve you know it's really important and it's very easy because it's hard it's really hard what we do and you know we should celebrate staff more and more because you know, it's, it's not easy. We have the opportunity to affect people's lives and change people's lives and enhance people's lifestyle and well-being in the role that you do. And it's a privilege to be able to do that. But we must uh, support people uh, and keep challenging people and challenge ourselves uh, to, to develop the service. Fantastic. Thanks, James. And Adam, if I can come back to you on that point around around the culture and how you instill those values, first of all, within your organisation, but also I know that you've been at the forefront of setting up Kent Care Professionals. Um, how do you instill instill that within the team, within that bank? If you could expand more on that, that would be great. Um, in terms of internally within the, in, in the organisation, it's um, similar to James says. It's kind of, I think, care organisations that have success with this is because it's essentially embedded in the way in which everybody gets up and and does does the role or whatever it is that they are within the organisation. Because I think when you're smaller and when you're quite nimble, you 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 have the ability to be able to do that, and that's why I've always been a big voice for you know, size and scale of, of care groups, you know, great what that some of the national organisations do, but I just also feel that there is real, um, that culture and that p- ability to be able to nimble and dynamic and sort of get culture through the organisations a lot easier when you haven't got 500, you know, 50 care homes. And, you know, if, you, if you're in that sort of, sort of more sub 15 kind of space, that small to medium entity, you can kind of get these things through because I'm sure James, you know, fortunately I've met some of them, uh, James's team in um, uh, uh, when I uh, judging uh, events and, you know, 
uh, it's inspiring to hear what they say about being in his organization and, it, and it's because they've so that that's what it is about when you say positive leadership and instilling it it's knowing that it doesn't matter who you talk to throughout the organization it's not just the md or the chief exec or the owners of the businesses just saying this is how we think it should be being done i mean i, I i've um uh, you know been into and I'm trying not to dog on it, but I've been into some of the corporates and they see like everything written on the wall that says, these are all of our values and these are all of our cultures. And these are, and I think the best way to explain, answer the question is, is all of these signs are up on everything saying, blah, you know, all these words, but you have a conversation with, with those individuals that are working there on a day-to-day basis and there's no connection with that. And that's because that's the difference. It's, it doesn't, it's not about a sign. It's about, you know, people understanding that, it, you know, I, I will be the person that walks down the corridor and has a conversation with everyone. I have no expectation that I've got a parking space that's got my initials on that's outside the front door. And I don't, you know, every single person that joins our organisation, if I can't be there when they're inducted, we have an induction form which tells them all about the business and all the apps they need to download. And it goes through. And right at the very end, there's a video from me saying, hello, this is what I look like. If you ever see me, come and say hello. And in our induction form, we ask about people's personal life so that we have on file information about who they are so that when we can begin a conversation with them, I, we know what they look like because there's a picture that's circulated around the organisation. So whether you're in Birmingham, where our, um, our head office is, or whether you're in one of our homes uh, on the southeast Kent coast, we'll know who people are. And it's just little, little things like that where James talks about it before. It's a really, really hard job. And it's... Let's be honest, it's not great. Some days it's pretty awful. You know, I was at um, an award ceremony on Friday night. We took a load of our staff to it. It was very sombre, though, because that day, you know, they had to witness the loss of two residents, two residents that have been within that home for a long time. So actually there was the joy, but they shouldn't have been because they're, they're dealing with bereavement and challenging behaviours and, and sort of that those challenges every single day. And how can we make, that how can we encourage that how can we make people want to continue to do it how can we make them want to do it and that comes from everybody within the organization having that joyous approach to what you do and how you engage with everybody and not making it into sort of draconian and sometimes i always say this to people especially when i get to actually meet people later on i always say we're definitely not perfect and sometimes might feel a bit weird and sometimes you might go you know you might need something and it might not be there and we won't have a sorry we don't have a process for that but we'll work it out but everyone's enjoying it as we're going along. So it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. It's kind of like we can have that conversation and we can accept that there might not be some sort of expensive IT process to deliver that mechanism, but we get there and it gets done. So it doesn't really matter. And everyone's kind of engaged at a less um, segregated level. You know, there isn't this higher, there is hierarchy, but it's not, it's not a draconian hierarchy. And I think that's what's important in social care when you talk about that, that creating cultures and positivity is making people realize that they're all we're all in it regardless of whether you're in a, in the office or doing the finance to be in delivering the care and also knowing that anybody can go from one place all the way through you know that's a really important part when you talk about can care professionals that's the key thing we're trying to say is you care is not just being a care uh healthcare assistant i'm trying to stop saying the word carer i'm trying really hard it's it's healthcare assistant we've got to professionalize it however that is done. Um, and it, it, it's making people realise that can, there's different places in which you can go. And you can you can go through the ladder in the care side or you can go through the ladder into back office ancillary. You can 
but you know get involved in doing all sorts of all sorts of things and that's really what Ken Care Professionals was set up to do is to educate people on who don't work in the sector you know I, I bang on about it to people it's not an indeed platform it's not a recruitment job board because I don't I, you know if James if I if my home's in Harrogate I don't want to recruit up James and James shouldn't want to recruit up me we've got to be doing the best to saying our positive messages out into the community to say what is it that makes you want to work in our sector over a, going to work in a social media agency? How can we get you to come and do marketing for us on social media instead of working for that agency? How can we create this um, understanding that it's a really, really cool place to work uh, and make it interesting through technology and innovations and just shouting about it on social media and making people show how enjoyable it can be through sort of stories and messaging and video? And that's what Kent Care Professionals was done, was to try and like go, how can we help people in Kent who have left school or don't know what they want to do or want a second career think about i know i'll do social care not just listen to the the rhetoric that you hear in the media which is it's apparently the worst worst place in the world to be no i i, I think that's absolutely amazing and and bringing it back down to to the human level as well you mentioned about you know you took people out to the awards but actually during that day they'd experienced two of your or your residents passing away um we've been we've been um doing podcasts with with lots of different people across social care and it's about encouraging people in it's not just about the care team or your nurses you know it's it's about your chefs it's about your ancillary staff and it's about bringing them all together and actually what you can do within social care in those different roles um we had somebody earlier on that that was saying about a, a butterfly meeting once a month and it was bringing everybody together so your office staff your laundry staff your chefs and literally just spend an hour with the residents everybody all together um to discuss what you've been doing James, have you got any thoughts around actually, you know, that human aspect, um, you know, positive leadership, it's about looking after your staff. And how do you install self-care? Because you've both said it's it's not an easy job. So you have to have self-care within what, what you're doing as well. How, how do you instill that within your organisation? I think one thing that we haven't talked about, which is fundamental, is mental health. Uh, and how we support each other on that uh, level, because especially through the pandemic, you know, I have to say through the pandemic, we all know of the negatives, but actually some of the positives that came out of it was that certainly at Vida, we saw the, the staff come together as a collective, as a true team, like an unbreakable team. And the, I think what happened was is because visitors sadly couldn't come in, the healthcare assistants, I've got it right, Adam, healthcare assistants, um, <laughs> and the wider team kind of didn't step in, but they did widen their relationships and strengthen their relationships with the uh, residents, uh, which is amazing. Um, and But the, the knock-on effect of that is that it led to burnout. And I think what we must do as organizations is recognize that and offer platforms where people can go that they feel safe uh, and they feel that they can express themselves because thankfully over the years we know about uh, mental health has become more to the forefront the taboos have now been broken down and people are very happy and willing to express themselves if they're given the right environment to do so in one thing that we did um was we couldn't do it throughout 
the lockdown period, we're looking at reintroducing elements of this, is that we had a cognitive practitioner, behavioural practitioner, who came in and he did one-to-one -one sessions with staff, not only staff, but also family members. That was one of those... Um, uh, it was one of those uh, services that we bought in that we thought would be a good thing to do. You simply could not get an appointment with this person. It was so popular and people were talking about it on the floor with each other and sharing it, saying you've got to go and get an appointment with this man. It's incredible. It's liberating. I feel so much better. Those are the sort of things that we should be doing in terms of leadership and, and thinking outside the box and trying to be as innovative and creative, um, you know, and, and, and being open with each other. You know, we use this saying, which is it's a bit of a cliche but it is what it is and the staff use it. We're a Vida family and, you know, people are very proud to be that and it enters the language of the staff on a daily basis. You know, I think if you've got that, you know, you've kind of doing something right. I think, you know, it, it does show that everyone's on board. We keep coming back to this collective thing and sharing experiences and being open with each other and, and coming together and, making sure that every single member of staff understands that they have a very valid and valued uh, input into the service that we do. And it doesn't matter whether you are a housekeeper, you're in finance, you're a healthcare assistant, you're the MD. Without each of these elements, it just doesn't work. We've got to be in it together, which is why one of our values is in it together. Fantastic. Did that Thank answer you. your question? Because I think I just went off at a tangent there. That, that's yeah, absolutely fine. I think it did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and if if I can ask you both a question um, to 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 finish up, if I could uh, firstly stay with you, James. Obviously, your cognitive cognitive um, practitioner has been absolutely amazing and affected so many different people in different ways. If there was one bit of advice or one thing that you've done within the last couple of years um, around positive leadership that has ultimately had such a positive impact on the people that you're caring for what what would that be do you think within your organization do you mean for residents or for staff so for ultimately that has benefited residents so, so that that could obviously be what you've done for staff which in turn improves what what's happened for residents i have to say i think our vida academy has come into its own in recent years and that quite simply nurtures and mentors people and offers people a career path. And it creates an environment where people feel valued and they feel worthwhile and they can see a future with Vida. And that, as you say, it just has a knock-on effect because people come to work, they're happy, they're motivated and they're driven. And really, it's all about looking after people. If you're in the right frame of mind, you know, everything it then falls into place. So I would say that the Vida Academy and, and how we've structured that and going back to that bridge from the classroom um, to the floor and that continual professional development uh, is, is incredible. We've also introduced something called an Aspiring Leaders course, which has a, had a dramatic impact on our management. Uh, when I say management, that includes nurses and team leaders. Uh, it's Aspiring Leaders course and it, and, and it it covers everything because there's an expectation in particular with nurses and team leaders that because they're in that position, 
we, they must be able to lead and lead effectively. Whereas things, it's certainly in, uh, in, in on the nursing side of things in training. Historically, I think they've brought it in now. But historically, there's just an expectation that that's what you have to do. Um, but but there's no training and there's no mentoring throughout the course. So you hit the floor and you're in charge of everything. Well, it's pretty daunting that. So what we do is that we 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 do exactly that. We we put people on a on a management and leadership course, and that covers things like decision making and problem solving and communications delegation uh, time management something that i need to go back to school and learn about but time management is a major thing all of these skills that sometimes we just expect people to have yeah well where do you learn them from you've got to learn them from somewhere so that's what we've been focusing on and i feel that that's had a massive impact on how we deliver our service that's brilliant. And we'd love to hit, hear more about that, maybe in another episode of our podcast. Okay. Can I come to you, Adam, now and, and ask you the same question? Um, well, I don't want to lay book on the same point that this what um, James has talked about, because you know, training and, and, and sort of delivering that development is amazing. And I, I'm going to have a, that, especially that leadership sort of stuff. There's definitely something we need to do more of that so it's really good to hear that so i'm gonna to have to have a little look into into something similar because that makes so much sense is you just expect people to know what they're going to do um i mean we 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 started delivering what's called advanced practitioners in that sort of thing so we we're essentially trying to make a lot of our staff more advanced practitioners therefore not requiring you know we so we with what we do it's very challenging so we kind of sit right in that weird sort of spot between sort of high needs dementia and nursing but not quite requiring nursing so how can we kind of elevate people and sort of elevate them to to, to want to do things more on the clinical side so there is that but i think one of the main things for me that it is around flexibility <laughs> we have just become we're super flexible with with everybody that we employ pretty much you know we really ensure that we that people can 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 have a um a life outside of the, of the role which then encourages them to want to support when we need it you know um we we work really hard to try and get people you know try and keep you know not to have agency uh, and the main reason I'm sort of bringing this on because it's down to one of our core values, which is continuity. So it's not only continuity for our um, having services, as in the individual who we might be caring for could go through multiple services, but it's also continuity of the people that are caring for them. So we really, really push on trying to make sure that our team members have um, various benefits and in terms of flexibility. So if people don't want to work there's and they have something that they want to do or they want to go somewhere or they have short notice that they want to have they need time off you know we don't penalize people for that it's very much like okay that's fine that's fine you want to go out with your friend's 21st birthday tonight okay find the person who's going to cover you let's work that out the person that covers gets paid a bonus yeah, I always thought it was really simple. And then the amount of operators I spoke to that don't even pay bonuses to staff, I was just like, really? Well, it's just like, surely you do. Because it's kind of like commonplace. And especially because we're used to acquiring now, it's kind of like, it's kind of like such a quick win for us. Because we, you know, the amount of organisations that, we, that we've acquired, so we've had four in the last three and a half years, and each one that we've acquired is either, you know, just it's so simple for us. Like, they, 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 they don't pay people for their breaks. Well, we do. 
so that's easy um they they charge them for the uniforms and i'm like what yeah we don't do any of that and you know you get like we do things like like all of our staff get welcome packs they get water bottles to encourage hydration we give staff discount cards and we have apps for be able you know well-being and stuff like that but the core thing is simply down to flexibility and we did remarkable research on it we said why does somebody want to work for somebody else over us and it always comes down to that we're just really flexible if somebody rings us on a friday night says i really want to go out with my mates we'll go okay that's fine Who's going to cover it? I will. Okay, you'll get a bonus. Thank you very much. You've done me a favour. That's it. We all walk away. Rather than what normally would happen is somebody would then call in sick because they feel that the culture is enclosing them. And then one of the other staff will see them on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is that people are on. Then they'll get called into the office and you have a disciplinary because somebody's called in sick when they shouldn't have. And you've had an agency which is which is making poor care that individual because let's be honest an agency staff member might be trained to the best condition but they're still not going to know that resident or those individuals that they're going to care for and it's always a night shift and it just that was just totally the wrong way of doing it so when i talk about flexibility and simplicity sometimes you just work it back and go there's no need to be really draconian about it not only are we saving money we're creating a more positive culture and everyone's having a bit more fun we actually you know it's just become part of the culture of how we work so i think that's probably for us it's fle being flexible around things like that and working with people and it makes them go yeah that's so much easier because james says it's it's a hard job so why do we have to make then the sort of the management of it hard as well who wants to sit in a disciplinary with somebody because no disrespect if somebody's going to get a discipline for something like that they're just going to go i'll tell you what i'm going to go and work down the road because everyone needs to employ someone so why don't we just be the best people so that everyone wants to come and work for us because they go oh do you know that they pay this and they do this and they look after you like this and if you want to go out with your mates on saturday night they let you do it and if you cover for me you'll get a bonus how cool is that it's just much easier so that's kind of probably the thing for me i think that's i think that's brilliant adam and you know you said a couple of words in there which i think ring really true which is simplicity and flexibility. Simplicity. And also what's really important is no ego in what we do. There's the kind of owners and operators of our businesses. You know, there's no room for ego. Um, and what I mean by that is that, you know, we can break the rules and we can do things like you say there, which is if you want to go out on a, on a Saturday night, if you can get someone to cover you, then everyone's a winner. You know, it's not difficult, really. It, it's it, it's simple and it's effective and it works. And we're not like sticking to the rules, so to speak, where this isn't fair. You must do that. We're sort of in it together, as I say. And, you, you know, once and, and therefore you, you get less sickness, less staff turnover. You know, and it all boils down to creating the right environment to work in, looking after each other, working as a team to deliver the best outcomes. And, you know, it works. Absolutely. And I think I think you've both demonstrated that so well today. I think I think through your positive leadership within social care, within your organisations, um, it's really helped to, to retain your teams and obviously have very happy teams. And I would also say within the wider aspect of social care as well, your positive leadership is is driving up social care to, to where it needs to be. So I'd like to thank you both very much. Thank you, James and Adam. Thank you. Pleasure. The Outstanding Society is a community interest company. It's free to join and is open to everyone. You don't need to have an outstanding rating to be a member.